Let's all now turn to the book of Romans, chapter 5. We're going to turn to Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. And if you can please stand to honor the reading of his word, and it's only one verse. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. And it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, Therefore, as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, so death has spread to all men, because all have sinned. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. Yes, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We'll talk about that here shortly. We talk about that a lot. But there's reasons for it. Now, last week we spoke that we have all sinned and are broken vessels. We are broken vessels. We know that. And God made everything perfect and man made a mess. We say that a lot because it's true. And we speak about that from Genesis chapter 3 of sin because of Adam and Eve, mankind. We know that. And he came through his son. God sent his son, the perfect vessel, the only perfect vessel, so that we could have an eternal vessel eternal body through the spirit because he can be the bond of for the imperfection which is us now what am I saying can be because we're not all saved unless we ask Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior and he has paid the debt for us everyone owes a debt everybody owes a debt and Jesus has paid it for us but it's not paid until we call unto Christ. It's not paid for us. But we have so many things that everybody is spiritually dead. Everyone is spiritually dead. Everyone is spiritually dead. And those that never find salvation in Christ, after physical death, will find eternal death. We're already spiritually dead until we find spiritual life that is eternal life through the eternal vessel but if they do not find eternal life they will have eternal death and that is the title of today's sermon eternal death now at the end of last week's sermon we changed the title because originally it was called the broken vessel and then we called it the eternal vessel well that's because there's a series throughout this month of march all with the word eternal in them. So today's is eternal death. So we're going to talk about eternal death. We'll get to that, but we have to go through a few other things first. First of all, there's different types of death. There's three types of death that the, talks about in the Bible, and I watched several sermons from some of my favorite ministers this week, and not only do they all agree because the Bible talks about it, but uh, I was watching a few of them, one of them being... Uh, Oh, uh, Dr. Dave Jeremiah, one of them being Charles Stanley, and he put it quite this way. He said there's three types of death, one being physical death, which we will all have, uh, unless Christ comes for us. We know that. We'll talk about that in a moment. And then spiritual death, which everybody has unless they have Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. And then the second one, for those who are lost, not only will they have physical death and spiritual death, which we already have, but the second one, the, the third type of death is the second death, and that's eternal death. But we'll get to that here in a moment. Let's see what it says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. It says this in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. As it is appointed for men to once, excuse me, for men to die once. It is appointed for men to die once. But after this comes the judgment. Okay, so we're going to die physically, and then there, there comes a judgment. That will be the second death. You know, people are going to have that. So everyone dies physically, and then uh, they'll come to the second death uh, for those who are not saved. But there are only two people in the Bible. Biblically, there's only two men who never died physically. Only two. And one was named Enoch. That was his name. And then the, he was so close to God, so close to God that he didn't die. God said, I'm taking you up to heaven. And then there was another one. There was another one, and you may have heard of him. His name was Elijah. He was so close that God said, I'm taking you home in a chariot of fire. <laughs> and God took him straight home. 
But when Christ comes back, there'll be others who go straight to heaven. Maybe you'll be alive for that. Maybe you won't. I don't know. But I do know one thing. When we're born again, that is after the age of accountability, okay? After the age of accountability, God doesn't send little babies to hell. I don't care what some folks may say. God doesn't send babies to hell because they're not to the age of understanding. That's what accountability means. A little baby, do they sin? Yes, I don't care what others say. Babies sin. I've had babies sin. I've had babies give me little looks and kick at me. That's not, they know what they're doing, by the way. They do. But they also aren't to the age of understanding exactly that it's wrong most of the time. They, <laughs> I love babies. Oh, our babies sweet. Oh, I love them. They're so great. But they know they're throwing a fit. They do know that. But boy, they're sweet. Oh, they're great. However, God doesn't send babies to hell. No, they don't understand. There's not a little baby in the world that knows to pray the prayer of salvation. I was seven years old when I understood. And I asked him in my heart, praise the Lord. But we are all dead spiritually. And then after that spiritual death comes eternal death. As I said, we'll talk about that. Unless you believe and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart, then you will live. So that's what it means to live eternally. Spiritually, you will have eternal life. As it says in John chapter 14, verse 6. In John chapter 14, verse 6, as Jesus Christ is speaking to the disciples at that supper, that last dinner, Jesus Christ says to them, what does he say? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way unto the Father but by me. What does he say? He is the way, not a way. He's not a truth. He's not a life. He's the, the, the. So many people say, oh, but I think there's other ways. Well, you can think all you want to think. Doesn't make it true. Otherwise, people will stay eternally dead. Let us now turn to John chapter 3, verse 16 through 21. You know, last week I spoke about the vessels. And I didn't joke around. I was very serious. I'm not going to joke around about today either. I'm not going to joke around at all. There's nothing funny, nothing to be taken light about the things we're talking about today. There just isn't. And there shouldn't be. When people want to get lighthearted about death, I think they're very morbid. Oh, but you shouldn't take things so serious. Hey, this is very, very serious. We're not talking about just someone leaving this world. We're talking about someone's eternal death. No way out. That's not something to joke about. And we're not going to either. So what does it say in John chapter 3, verse 16? Well, we know that verse. We know very well. In fact, it's even on my tie today. But we're not just going to mention that one verse that everyone knows forward and backward. We're going to mention, and I read quite often, but verse 16 all the way through 21. Let's, we'll see what it says. John 3, 16 through 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the verdict that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light. It does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that it may be revealed that his deeds have been done in God. So unless you ask Jesus Christ, Lord God, I believe by faith in your grace to save me of my sins because I'm going to hell and I deserve to die and go to hell. I know I'm not good enough to save myself no matter what I do. Unless you believe that, pray it and know it with all your heart and soul, unless you you're going to hell. There is no other way to say it. But Philip, they're really good people, and they believe that Buddha was a good man. I don't care what they believe that fat man did. The fact of the matter is, is Jesus is going to be the only way, and is the only way, and they are not going to make it in the end. And there's not, but Philip, that hurts their feelings. Folks, I would rather hurt their feelings for a moment 
so that their soul can be saved for eternity. But Philip, you don't seem like the nicest guy. Jesus didn't seem like the nicest guy when he told the truth because their beliefs said that they had the answer already, but they didn't have the answer. But what if someone's taking poison and they think it's good for them? If you're loving them, you won't let them take the poison. Don't let them take the blue pill. Have them take the red pill, the blood of Jesus. Come on now. Come on. Get up. Be brave. Have courage. Don't be a coward. But they're not going to like you. Oh, no. Oh, no. Isn't that bad? They ain't going to like the truth. They're not going to like it. But the truth is the truth, and Jesus is the truth, the way, the truth, the life. I don't want them to have eternal death. They may not accept that from you. Well, I know, I know. But I have to answer to God. I'm going to do it as loving as I possibly can, but I would rather answer to God and not have him say, fellow, why didn't you tell the truth when I told you to tell the truth? No, I'm not going to have that. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. I'm now going to turn to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, and you know I quote this quite a bit too. Romans chapter 3, verse 21 through 26. Romans chapter 3, verse 21 through 26. Because we're going to read that area, the whole area, not just the one verse I quote again and again and again and again and again. Because Romans chapter 3, verse 21 through 26 says, But now apart from the law, because remember the law that the Jews followed over and over again, they didn't realize Jesus was the fulfillment of it. And now the Romans were believing that they could fulfill that law. The Jews already fulfilled it. So, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. This righteousness of God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all and upon all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned. Let me say it again. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. And what does that mean? Atonement. To be a propitiation through faith in his blood for a demonstration of his righteousness because in his forbearance, God has passed over the sins previously committed to prove his righteousness at this present time, at this present time, see, I lost my place here. I apologize. Uh, okay, I'm going to read 26 here. Uh, has, God has, has previously committed to prove his righteousness at this present time so that he might be just and be the justifier of him who has faith in Jesus. I want to make sure I didn't keep on reading after verse 26 because I have all that highlighted and I didn't want to keep reading when I didn't need to. So I apologize about that. But Jesus is the justifier. He is the one. We don't need to worry about doing things of our own because Jesus Christ is the one who's fulfilled all these things. But without Jesus Christ, we can't have eternal life. There is no other way. And so many people want to do it on their own. And it says in Matthew 25, Matthew Chapter 25, verse 46. We may read this later, I don't know. But I know in Matthew 25, verse 46. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Talking about those who don't have Jesus. They're going to go to eternal punishment. The pastor. Are you the judge? Of course not. Jesus is the judge. God is the judge. We know that. We know that. But we should love them enough to pray for them every single day. I pray for the lost all the time. Not just every day. Every day throughout the day. I love the lost. I love them. Some of them are loved ones. Some are people I don't know. You know I pray every single day, even for people I don't like. People I see on TV. People in the government. You don't like people in the government? Yeah, I don't like them. But I love them. I don't like everything I see in the government. There's people I see all the time on TV that they say things that just get under my skin. Sometimes I don't like everything I say. 
Why would I like everything everyone else says? There's times I say stuff like, shut up, big boy. And I say, okay, I can shut up. I can't control what everyone else says. I can't control what I say. So the point of the matter is, is that none are righteous, no, not one. We all say stupid things, including those who are saved, let alone those who are lost. And we don't know where their salvation is. However, we can pray for them that they'll come to know Jesus. At one point in time, I was lost too. Does that mean that we hate them? No, we're going to love them enough to pray for them. Do we know where they stand with the Lord? No, but by our actions, we're known. We may not know if they're lost or saved, but we can pretty much have a little bit of understanding. And when we see them doing lost type of things, you pretty much can tell that most likely, most likely, most likely they're not saved. But we can say this wasn't a Christian act. And what you can do, instead of saying, I know they're going to hell, well, you don't know necessarily, but probably. So you can just pray for them. Just pray for them. Just pray for them. And if you don't like someone, especially pray for them. Don't say, well, I hope you get it. No, don't do that. That's not godly. Not whatsoever. Just pray for them. Because here's the, the horrible thing. When someone is spiritually dead, that means lost. When someone is lost, they're Without Christ, they're going to receive eternal damnation. And at this point, they still they have eternal damnation upon them. When I was a little seven-year-old boy before I got saved, I had eternal damnation upon me. Did you deserve it, Pastor? Of course I deserved eternal damnation. I'll be honest with you. We all deserve eternal damnation. Even me, Pastor? Yes, you. I'm not going to say especially you. I wouldn't do that. All of us deserve eternal damnation. Every single one. One thing that people love to do is, well, I'm no Hitler. Huh. Of course. Of course you're no Hitler. One thing a lot of people love to do, politically and, other, and otherwise, a lot of people love to compare people to Hitler. That's stupid. That's very stupid. Just because you don't like someone politically, you don't compare people to Hitler. There's only one Hitler, thank God. There's only one Hitler. He was foolish. He was very foolish. The fact of the matter is there's only one Hitler and there's only one you. And the fact is that all have sinned upon the sword of the glory of God. And all deserve eternal damnation, including you. All deserve eternal death, including you. But all can have eternal life and eternal salvation, yes, including you. And if you have not received that, you can this very day. You can. You can be the eternal child of God. And if you are an eternal child of God, but you're not living it like you should, and only you know where you're falling, God can change that today. And you can let it. But only you can do that. Only you. The fact of the matter is, we do deserve eternal damnation. All of us. Listen to what it says in James 3.6. James 3.6 talks about the tongue. And we do these horrible things. We say things we shouldn't say. We say things we shouldn't say. With our tongue. We, we, we say good things sometimes, but we say bad things. Listen to this, James 3, 6. The tongue is a fire, a world of evil. The tongue is among the parts of the body, defiling the whole body, and setting the course of nature on fire. And it is set on fire by hell. Isn't that horrible? And we do this. We say horrible things. I've heard people say it all the time. Horrible things. One of the things that I hate is that people joke about hell all the time. They joke about hell all the time. They joke about it. And I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself, but I'll, I'll say it anyway. People joke about hell all the time, like it's funny. Ha, 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 ho, ho, he, he. It's not funny. We're talking about people's uh, eternal damnation. And I hate to say it, it's true. A lot of people that make those jokes, they're talking about their own. But why does, why does Satan want them to do this? Because if they make light of it, they're not expecting it. If they think it only is a joke. People use it as a curse word. Don't do that either. The, when people joke about it, they make movies about it, making fun of it, and then people don't expect much out of it. Or they make it into almost a sci-fi type thing. In fact, I'll just tell you one thing. In the Roman Catholic Church, I'm not saying all Catholics, so I'm saying Roman Catholic Church did this. They've made a lot of uh, mythical things out of hell that, that aren't necessarily in the Bible. Now, or they took things that were in the Bible and they might have you know, added to it. But the point of that is to say, a lot of people almost make something mythical out of hell that isn't really there. And so therefore, a lot of people think of it as something that's make-believe. For instance, they think of hell as a place where Satan is, 
And I understand some of that because the Bible does talk about some demons that are chained there. And so some people think of it as uh, the devil is there and that's his lair and he's down there right now with these little pitchforks and people are there. Not like that's his lair. God's up in the lair in heaven. You know, that's his where his army's at. And Satan, you've seen cartoons of it, you know, or you've seen movies of it, or you've seen comic books, or whatever it is. This is what the devil does. He does that so people aren't expecting it. So they, they take it lightly and they, they have levity of it. It's nothing to make fun of, it's nothing to joke about. Would you like to make jokes about cancer or people who are dying right now? No. But that's the point, is that people are dead right now, walking around dead, and they don't even know it because they're making light of something that's so very real. In fact, people might even be dying right now on the highway, going to hell, but they were making light of the joke, and it's not funny. It's not funny at all, and yet people are making light of it. That's exactly what Satan wants to do, so that you can't see what's really happening. Amen? Amen. This is what he does. It's what he does. What does it say in Matthew 7, verse 13 through 14? Jesus says this, enter, the, now remember, he's talking about how to get to heaven and what's going to happen to those who don't. It says, enter at the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who are going through it because small is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life. And there are few who find it. You at home today, are you part of the few who know their way to heaven? Boy, I hope so. I hope so. I know most of you here, almost all of you here, know the narrow way, and you're in it today. I know that. Pray for those. Pray for those that you know that are going through that wide gate. And there are so many who know the narrow way, but they're still walking like they're going through the wide way because they don't want to make any, oh, we don't want to make any uh, uh, rumbling through the water. Oh, no, no, no. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, folks. That is so hateful, so mean. Why would you do that to people? Let them go through the, the wide gate? Don't do that. It also says the same place, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. Now everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonderful works in your name? But then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice evil. And so many of them right now have eternal damnation and don't know it. And when the bill is due, time is up. And once you're dead, it's too late. It's too late. There is no such thing as purgatory. There is no such thing as a second chance. When it's done, it's done. And that's it. And back to the mythology. There is no purgatory. There is no second chance. It's done. I would rather be called a mean pastor, which I'm not. I talk to people in love all the time. I love them. Oh, but that's one of Philip's beliefs. That's what, no, it's not. It's one of God's beliefs. It's Jesus' beliefs. It's, it's the truth. He is the truth, the way, the truth, the life. He doesn't want any to suffer. It's why he died on the cross. That's why he rose again. He called out to you. He didn't go to hell. He went to the other side of the grave and brought those who were waiting throughout the Old Testament. We talked about it in Sunday school today. He went to the other side. Who Those who were waiting in faith. We talked about Hebrews chapter 11. Oh, I love it. Those who were waiting in faith, those who had faith and were waiting, Moses and Noah and David and Elijah, not Elijah, Elijah was already there, but those who were waiting, 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 Elisha, those who were waiting, and they're now in heaven. Yes. And it says, but we're talking about it's not a joke. It's not a joke. And it's not. Because that's when they go to eternal hell. And I say eternal because eternal hell is where you go before your eternal destiny. And that is eternal. And hell is nothing to joke about. It's not a, a, just a word that people throw around. And yes, sometimes they use the word Hades. Hades actually means the grave, but that's the other side of the grave, hell is. And 
One was paradise for those who were saved and were waiting. They were waiting to be led into heaven. And the other was hell. So that's why sometimes the word Hades fits and sometimes it doesn't. But the fact is, we who are saved don't need to fear hell ever again. You're not going to lose your salvation. You're not going to be plucked out of the hand of God. You're not. You don't need to be afraid. Satan may say, but you're not worth it. He's right. You're not. You're not worthy of it. But praise God, Jesus Christ is worthy. He is the perfect. He is that perfect, that perfect body. He is that perfect vessel. He saved you. Have faith in him, not in you. Because if you're only going by what you did, you're, going, you're not going to make it. But if you have faith in him, you are making it. And you are already eternal and have that eternal life waiting for you. That's right. Be ready. But for those who don't believe because they don't see proof, well, let me tell you something. The proof is already there. It's already waiting. And I really, really feel sorry. You know there's more about hell in the Bible than there is about heaven? Now, here in a couple weeks, I'm going to talk about heaven. And I'm taking lots of different notes from other pastors and other things that talk about heaven. But do you know there's more about hell in the Bible than there is about heaven? And why? Because Satan wants to... Uh, to keep you going to hell, but Jesus wants to warn you not to go to hell. He doesn't want you to go there. I'm going to read you just a little bit, just a little bit about hell. Listen what Jesus said in Matthew 10, 28. Do not fear those who kill the body. I'll say it again, Matthew 10, 28. Do not fear those who kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Now, he's not saying that God's going to destroy you and throw you into hell. You're already going to hell because you chose. Now, I say this because, yes, God's the one who sends you in the end. But in reality, God's not the one who decides. He goes to hell, he goes to heaven. No, in reality, you decide yourself. You're the one who makes a choice. I'm going to go to heaven or I'm going to go to hell. You do. By either asking Jesus in your heart or not. Because people misunderstand that. God doesn't say, I, this is why I don't believe in Calvinism. Because God doesn't say, I want him, I want Philip to go to heaven. And I want this person to go to hell. Because I like Philip better than this person. No, I'm not even going to joke about that. There's nothing funny about it. God wants all, and it says several times in the Bible, he, di he died so that all may go into heaven. And that may doesn't mean maybe they're going to go, maybe it doesn't mean so that they can go to heaven. You can go to heaven today. Did you know that? You can go to heaven today. You can go. I don't mean you're going to go this very day. I don't know when you're going to leave this world. But you can get your soul right this very day so that you can go to heaven. And this very day, it can be set right. It can. What's keeping you? What's keeping you from doing so? Proverbs 15.24. Proverbs 15.24. The way of life is above is above to the wise that he may depart from hell beneath. Psalm 9, 17. The wicked shall be turned into hell. That's Psalm 9, 17. The wicked shall be turned into hell. That means the lost. We're all wicked. Some of us are saved and some are not. That's what it says. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God. And all the nations that forget God. What does that mean? God loves some nations more than others? No. It means those who are following God are going to go to heaven. But those who are not following God, the nations that have been uh, following false gods and all who don't know the Lord Jesus, they're not going to, the, to heaven. They're going to go to hell. I pray and hope. Now, by the way, everybody has a chance to ask Jesus into their heart. They may not know all the words, but it's not the verbal words. It's the words upon your heart. I forgot that there's a microphone there. I'm sorry. It's the words upon your heart. God knows the heart. I, I, I know you know what I'm saying. God knows the soul. He knows the heart. Oh, no, I forgot to cross my eyes and dot my T's just right. You know what I'm saying? Some people say, did you say the right verse? Did you use Did you use the King James Version of that Bible? Did you use the, no, it has to be the NIV. No, no, it has to be, no, now wait a minute, wait a minute. 
It's not, and by the way, I'm not actually talking about the Bible here. I'm talking about the verbalization of your prayer. Some people, I've actually heard people say, it has to be the exact right wording of the prayer. Folks, this is not some kind of spell. This is not some kind of weird thing. God knows your heart. If you're on your deathbed this very day, and you're calling out to God, God, save me. I believe you are the way, the truth, the life. Jesus, save me. He hears you. He knows your heart. But what if I don't get baptized? Baptism isn't what saves you. Baptism is an action that shows your belief. I may not be able to come to you today if you're in the hospital and pick you up and put you in this baptism, baptismal. But let me tell you this. It's not that that saves you. You have a baptism of the Spirit. And that's what saved you. Your belief in Christ. And you can show that. You know why people are baptized? They're baptized to show the action of their faith. If you're a Christian and you've not been living it, showing it by your actions, today change that. Don't watch those things. Don't watch those things anymore. If you know that's not right. Don't do those things if you know that's not right. Don't say those things if you know it's not right. Don't behave that way if you know it's not right. By your actions, you'll know. Live not like a person who's walking towards eternal death, but walk, talk, believe, show and live like a person who has eternal life, not eternal death. Amen? It says in Jude chapter 1, there's only one chapter, but verse 7, just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities in like manner gave themselves to immorality, immorality and went after different flesh, we know what that different flesh is, they serve as an example by suffering the punishment of eternal fire. Oh, what is it saying? It's talking about chasing things that God doesn't think is correct. And that's a lifestyle. And I'm talking about a lifestyle. Folks, I'm not saying right now that all homosexuals are going to hell because some homosexuals in their lifestyle at the very end actually use in their heart. But what I am saying is that anything that God says is unworthy of living, something that's ungodly, is ungodly. Turn to God and walk away from something that's ungodly. That's what I'm trying to tell you. God wants you to follow him, not the ways of the world. That's what I'm telling you. Come on. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, 8 through 9. And there's a lot of good things. I just realized something. I had this one verse twice, which don't worry, I'm not going to repeat it twice. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel, of our Lord Jesus Christ, they shall be punished with eternal destruction, isolated from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. These people are going to go through eternal destruction. Eternal destruction. A couple years ago, well, it's four years ago now, I, I told you how I had visions of heaven and all. I also had visions of hell. Now, the thought of people suffering forever and ever and ever just breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. I was so glad when I finally came out of all that, all the visions and everything, because it was more than I could bear. But it really did make me think, first of all, I was thankful that God allowed me to see all that, to, to think of what people were going, going to be going through and all that, and make me feel as if I was going through it for just a time, because it made me realize that we only have life but for a short time. We really do. And once you're done, you're done. And people take life for granted. And it's just gone. And suddenly you're not there anymore. And so many people are going to be in hell. And they had every moment and every chance. And then it's gone. You don't want, believe me, you don't want it. You don't want to wait. You don't want to wait. It's nothing to joke about. It's nothing to take for granted. As it says in Matthew, listen to this now. Matthew 13, 49 through 50, Jesus says, Matthew 13, 49 through 50. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels will come out 
and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. They will be wailing. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. What a horrible thought. And so we will enter into the very last parts of the sermon in which we talk about the eternal lake of fire. In other words, the second death. This is the eternal death. What's the whole sermon leads to? Eternal death. This eternal death will never end. Eternal death. It goes on and on and on. And what the Bible talks about is a death and a pain and a sorrow and a torment that never ends. But it doesn't just happen. It gravitates and gets worse and worse and worse. I remember when I was going through that weird time, when I was going through all that, I remember thinking that the pain was never going to end. And praise the Lord, it was only a day or two. But I know that it seemed to go on forever. And I remember, and probably was only for a couple hours, really, that I went through that part. But I know that when I was going through that, I was, I was like, I said, Lord, please get me out of here. Lord, please. And when I was thinking all that, I, I remember thinking this is never going to end either. This is going to go on for all of time, is what I thought in my mind. Can you think of these poor souls that are never going to get out of it? Folks, whatever you do, Christian, you've been placed in your life where you're at and when you're at. If you know anyone, anyone at all who questions their salvation, who doesn't know for 100%, or maybe you're one of them, don't hesitate. Come forward today to pray for those people. Don't hesitate for even a second or a millisecond. Come forward today to pray for those people, even if you know exactly where you're going to go. You may not know where they're going. Pray for them. Come forward for them today. Make sure that you know that you know that you know where they're going to go. But, but, but Pastor, I can't control where they're going to go. No, you can't. But God can. God can reach out to them. But Pastor, I don't have the power. No, you don't. But God does. God can do what no one else can do. You remember that moment when you came forward? You remember that moment when you called out to Jesus Christ, save me, Lord, save me. Folks, God can do what cannot be done by anyone else. I mentioned not long ago that evil can evil. That's what he was known by, evil can evil. There are people who said he's never going to be saved. He's going to die and burn in hell. Well, folks, he's not in hell today. The man that we all knew is evil can evil. Not evil anymore. He's saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and he is in heaven right now because he knowing what he had done with his life and did all sorts of bad, horrible things, come to know Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, and he is born by the blood of Jesus Christ and is our brother in Christ. Hallelujah. If he could come to know Christ and so many others who are horrible in the eyes of man, he is now saved by the blood of Jesus. So are so many others. And I'm telling you, the people that you believe can, will never come to Jesus. They can be saved because the Holy Spirit reached out to them and they said, save me. That can happen, and God can use you to do so. Because the same Holy Spirit that used Jesus, that lived through the Lord, can, is living in you. All you got to do is pray for it today. Let me read to you what it says in Revelation 19.20, because we need to know what's going to happen. This is what it says in Revelation 19.20. But the beast was captured, and with him false prophet, the false prophet, who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshiped his image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with brimstone. We know that the beast, and we know the false prophet, they're going to be in the lake of fire. But then it says in Revelation chapter 20, moving forward one chapter, it talks about it again. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10 through 15. Here we go. Back to the lake of fire. There's never going to be a release from it. Listen. Revelation chapter 20 says this, tells us in chapter 10, or excuse me, hello, verse 10 through 15, the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet were. They will be tormented day and night, here we go, forever and ever. Hallelujah. Never to be released again. Because this is after Satan is let free for a short time. Listen to what it says now. Then I saw the great white throne and him who was seated on it. From his face, the earth and the heavens fled away and no place was found for them. 
And I, and I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. Books were open. Then another book was open, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to their works and recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. And death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each by his works. Then death and Hades, that's the side of Hades that is hell. Death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This is horrible. This is horrible. The thought of those who are lost being cast into the lake of fire. It's horrible. And it says in Revelation 21, verse 8, but the cowardly, because a lot of people say, yeah, but I'm not a killer. No, no, no. Listen, listen now. Listen to what it says in Revelation 21, verse 8. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars shall their portion in the lake of fire, which burn with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. In other words, all sinners, all sinners who have not come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, all are equal in this. In other words, yes, I don't know how it's going to work as far as the way they feel pain. I have to assume those who've done the most pains, uh, most sins get the more pain. I don't know, and I'm not going to discuss that. I simply know that all who are sinners who have been in hell all are in the lake of fire. And we don't want that to be you if you haven't come to know Jesus. Come to know him today. Come to know Jesus Christ today. I don't want anyone to suffer. More important, Jesus Christ doesn't want anyone to suffer. It's why he died for you and has risen for you. And so the question comes, so many people ask all the time, why, why, why? Why God, if God is a God of love, why God, a God of love and of justice, why did he make hell for these people that he supposedly loves and why does he send them? Well, God didn't, here's the answer for that. He doesn't, he doesn't and he didn't. God didn't make it for the people. He made it for Satan and the fallen angels. In other words, the demons. He made it for them. He didn't make it for you. He didn't make it for you. He didn't make it for the lost. He made it for them who chose to go against the Lord God. I'm talking about those angels who fled against the Lord God. He made it for them. But then what did the devil do? That sneaky little wretch that he is. What did he do? I'll tell you what he did. He then... Chose, as we said once again in, in Genesis chapter 3, he chose to, to sneak and to lie and to cheat and trick Adam and Eve and so that they sinned. And so sin was not God's plan. Did he know it was going to happen? Sure, he knew it was going to happen. He's the all-knowing God. But he didn't want it to happen. So what did God do? He came again in the form of his son to be the key and the only way out of hell. So if you know that you're lost and you haven't asked Jesus in your heart, don't blame God for what you have chosen to do. You can get out of it today. Ask Jesus to be the key to get you out of hell. He's the only way. Oh, I got to get up. The only way away from hell is to ask Jesus now to get away from hell. So many people say, why? Why if God is a God of love, is he sending people to hell? He's not. You are because you made a God of yourself. You're living to your own understanding and you're not letting God save you. And he wants to save you right now. That's why he came. That's why he came in the form of his son. Do you really think that God wanted to live and sweat and be smelly and disgusting in this world? No, he didn't want to. You mean Jesus sweat? Yeah, he was a human. Yeah, he did all those things, but he did all that for you. He did all that for you. And it says in 2 Peter, chapter 2, 4 through 10. 2 Peter, and, and remember, this is from Peter. Peter, who knew Jesus so very well. Peter, who walked with Jesus. You know that song, if you walked with me, talked with me? Oh, Peter. Peter, he walked with him, he talked with him. He knew him so very well. He even walked with him on water. And yes, Peter, who started to sink. People say, oh, he, why did he sink? He, he got out of the boat. Are you going to get out of your boat today and let Jesus save you? What did Peter say in 
2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 through 10. For if God did not spare the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be kept for judgment. And if he did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, a creature of righteousness, with seven others, then he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. And if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, making them an example to those afterward who would live ungodly lives. And if he delivered righteous Lot, who was distressed by the filthy con conduct of the wicked, for that righteous man lived among them, and he, what he saw and heard of their lawless deeds tormented his righteous soul day after day. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trial and to keep the unrighteous under punishment from the day of judgment, especially those who walk after the flesh in pursuit of unclean desires and despise authority. They are presumptuous and arrogant and are not afraid to slander the angelic beings. God knows how to protect you. He knows how. Call out to him today. Walk with him. Talk with him. He's with you every day. And you have his word. Not only his word, his promise, but you have his word to walk with, to talk with, to be with, to pray with. You have these things. God has given us a land of freedom. God has given us a land of freedom. Now imagine, if you will, a land of freedom. And all people want to be welcome to a land of freedom. Can you imagine a land of freedom that all people want to be a part? And they are welcome. They're all welcome. They're all welcome to a land of freedom. And they all want to be welcome to a land of freedom. And I know everybody wants to go to heaven. But can you imagine a land of freedom that everybody wants to be welcome to? And they're all welcome to come and be citizens of that land, every one of them. But no, that's not what they want. They want to become citizens illegally. They want to become citizens illegally and do it their own way. They want to do it to their own understanding. They want to sneak across the border. They want to sneak across the border. Can you imagine that? I know it's hard to imagine someone doing that in a land where they could easily become a citizen. But no, no. See, people want to sneak across the border of heaven. They want to be in heaven. They want to go across the border of heaven, but you can't do that. All you have to do is become a citizen of heaven by asking Jesus into your heart. It's not hard to do. And you're not going to sneak across the border. You're not going to do it. God is welcoming you to heaven. He's welcoming you to heaven. But you're not going to do it your way. You do it God's way. And here's the thing. God's ways are hard, and it's not bad. But you're listening to the imagination of the lost and of Satan. Don't listen to that anymore. It's a lie. Satan is the deceiver, the master of lies. Don't listen anymore. Listen to God. Come across. Do it God's way. You're a welcome citizen. If you just ask Jesus, he makes you a citizen through his blood. It's signed in blood. Signed in blood. It's sad. All they have to do is let go and let God have faith in his grace. But no, so many won't. And by the way, one of the great lies from the great deceiver is that they're all going to party in hell. There is no party in hell. There's no party in hell. But Satan blinds so many by believing that. There's not going to be any parties in hell. Not at all. It's an eternal prison. Don't wait. Be set free right now. Be set free. Always remembering. Always remembering the chance. Don't ever take that chance. Don't take a chance. People always say, I'll remember. I'll remember. This. I'm always going to be remembering there's a way to get out of it. And they say, someday, someday, someday I'm going to do that. Someday. You don't know if you're going to have that day. Don't wait. Don't wait. I once worked with a man at Sam's Club, and I'm not talking about my, my good friend Keith back here. He's a different guy. And because uh, Keith... It is a good Christian man. And but my uh, this other guy said, Someday I'm gonna remember what you told me and I'm gonna call out to Jesus. Well, I said, What if you don't get a chance? He goes, he said, I'll get what I deserve then. What a horrible thought to know. It reminds me of a song which I almost sang today, but I didn't. It was almost persuaded. 
And the last part that really gets me is almost but lost. That breaks my heart. Almost but lost. That's terrifying. That's very terrifying. And I'm going to finish up here by reading a couple more verses and we'll leave. Galatians 6, 7 through 8 says, Be not deceived. It says Galatians 6, 7 through 8. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Amen. And always remember, we, all, we just read John 3.16 while ago. And we know that so well. But if you jump ahead, 20 verses to John 3.36. John 3.36 says this. He who believes in the Son has eternal life. He who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. And it's so sad. It's so sad to think right now that most of the people in the world don't know Jesus. I've met so many people that I love with all my heart and soul. And I love just about everybody I've ever met. I, I do love them, only if I don't like them all. <laughs> I do love them. The thought of people going to hell, I've cried many times the thought of it. And I'm sure you have to. How about the people you meet and you sometimes pray? And sometimes you know, you feel the Holy Spirit. Other times I boy, I sure hope. I sure hope. I sure hope. Our hope is in Jesus. So you can pray for them. And you can pray, Lord, please bring them. Bring them to the fold. Bring them, Lord. Only you can do this. And that's true. Because he can bring them to eternal freedom, eternal salvation, eternal life. The question I have for any of you who don't know for sure, you want eternal salvation, eternal freedom, eternal life, or eternal death? It's your choice. As for me, I know mine. I know that everybody wants eternal life. And I pray and hope that you who are home right now know that you have eternal life. I really do. Because I'm walking away from eternal death. I already have. And I'm never going back. No, no, no. My chains were busted long ago from the key that is Jesus. He is my life. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And I pray and hope you know it. And I'll end by reading Romans 6, 23. Because it says so beautifully in Romans 6, 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let us bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much, Lord, for the gift of eternal life. And Lord, we pray with all of our heart, and all of our soul for anyone who has not come to know you, Lord, for anyone through all the world who needs eternal life. I pray, Lord, that you will save them from eternal death. I pray so deeply right now. If there's anyone right now, Lord, who's suffering and doesn't know you, I pray that they'll come to know you this very moment, that they'll call out to you. I pray, Lord God, that you will open their eyes spiritually and that they will ask you into their heart as their personal Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray for this and I pray, Lord God, that we will not allow blinders to come back on us. I pray this in your holy, precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen.